So before the Hezbollah or Hamas, whichever one it is that's there in Gaza, um, Hezbollah is in is from. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Before the terrorists attacked them, um, this was what I was planning on teaching for today. Um, so, but it's interesting how it fits with the time that we're in right now. Um, so we studied, we just finished Philippians. We took four weeks and went through the four chapters of Philippians. But before that, before that, we were in um, the book of Exodus, which is God delivering his people from Egypt. And they're headed to the promised land. They get the Ten Commandments on the way. Um, they get the, the setup for the tabernacle, which is where they're going to meet with God on a regular basis. And the plan is for them to go straight on to the promised land, to Canaan, and, and go in. Now, we're all familiar with the story that they don't go in. Um, they... In so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is just a lot more of the, the rules and all those things for, for all the different kinds of offerings that there are because there's a, there's the burnt offering, which the burnt offering can be a, a steer, a calf, or whatever. It can be a goat. It can be a birds. It can be grain offering, but it's all this burnt offering stuff that's offered for the sins of the people. So all of that is throughout the book of Leviticus. And then in Numbers, that's when they're getting ready to go into the promised land. That's when they send the spies in. It's not the time that Rahab, that they meet with them. That's later. But they send the spies in and the 12 spies, one from each tribe, go in and 10 of them come back and say, it's an awesome place. You know, there's there's grapes bigger than your head and, uh, you know, big, but there's giants. And that's where they get hung up with the giants. That's in numbers. Yeah. But Caleb and Joshua say, well, yeah, that's true, but we be well able to, yes. to conquer because we've got God on our side. The funny thing is, 40 years later, when they go in to see Rahab, she says, yeah, we've been worried about y'all for 40 years. What happened to you? And they, so, so, but that's in numbers and, and a lot of stuff happens there, but I, I didn't want to go back to that. I'm skipping on to the first chapter of Deuteronomy and then towards the end, almost the last chapter of Deuteronomy is what we're going to look at tonight. Oh, we're only looking at just two verses from Deuteronomy, and here they are. This is verse uh, 1 and 2 of, of Deuteronomy. It says, by the way, Deuteronomy, um, if you know Hebrew, it doesn't sound much like a Hebrew word. It isn't. It's, uh, it's uh, Deuteronomy is the Latin version of the Greek word for these are the words. Only they mis they misinterpret it and they copied it down wrong, and so it became second law from De from Deuteronomy chapter seventeen, I think. 
It says, and Moses spoke the law over again for the people. So it was the second giving of the law, kind of. But it, the Hebrew name, if you look in the Hebrew Bible, the name of this book is, these are the words in Hebrew. These are the words is the beginning. Have you ever made a document and you didn't name it and then Word automatically names it the first couple of words in in the beginning of that deal. Well, that's what this is named for. These are the words. It's supposed to be the name, but they miss, they miss, uh, misinterpreted those words and called it second law, deuteronomos, which that's, that's Greek, deuteronomos is second law. So it's the second giving of the law, and everybody just accepted that for a long time. And somebody said, you know, that's not what the Hebrew Bible calls it. It calls it, these are the words. So that's verse one. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness in the plain opposite Suf between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. So this is before they go into the promised land. That We've already passed 40 years and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And the next, the next verse is one of the most tragic verses to me in the whole Bible. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. And they've already come that way one time. It's, normally, it would only take 11 days. It's about 150 miles. It would take that long to get there, 11 days. And how long did it take them? 40 years. Well, the very next... So it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. So that's, uh, that's the beginning of Deuteronomy. And he goes through and they list all the, the commandments and it, it's preparing them to go into the, their land. Moses reminds it, and they've had 40 years to learn this lesson. Hopefully it doesn't, we don't have to take 40 years to learn lessons. But think about how many times in your life it, and, and people that you know, loved ones and what all, it's taken them a long time to learn those lessons. Um, but it's, it's sad if that's the way it works. But Moses get, prepares them in Deuteronomy to have their mind right before they go into the promised land so they don't get messed up anymore foreshadowing because they get messed up every time. Israel is messed up today. They don't know they're the people of God. For the most part, it's an extremely, extremely secular society. And people that, <coughs> the people that fought in the wars in 69 and, and in 48 and all those kind of things when, when Israel was being established as a nation, those people have all died. And they knew what it meant to be God's people and for God to be the one who delivers them. I mean, because Egypt was a very modern country and when they, in 69, when they had the war, um, the Six Days War, wasn't that in 69? Uh, when they had that 67. war. 67, Jerusalem. 67. And then 73 was another war. Okay. Which Egypt then made peace. Well, they, they've had those wars yeah. and there was no... 
There was no practical reason, no reason in the flesh for them to have been able to win those wars. They didn't have, well, especially if you look at 1948, they didn't have the weaponry and they didn't, I mean, Egypt was modern. They had all, they had all the weapons that we have, tanks and all that stuff, and, and Israel absolutely whipped up on them and they all knew the reason for it because they were being blessed, just like throughout their entire history they've been blessed. Anywhere they've been, when they were surrendered to the Lord, they got blessed. So, but they've lost their way quite a few times. And at, when you look at their society, they've still lost their way a lot. So, Moses spends all this time getting, making sure their mind is right before they go in and remind them of all those things. And now here's the, the, the last chapter. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I've set before you. And you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord, he set the blessing and the curse. They, they've been reminded of what the blessings are. They've been reminded of what the curse is. And they've been experiencing 40 years basically of curse. Um, and and all, all the nations where the Lord drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey His voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul, so everybody returns, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you, gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Now, that's a prophetic word there because they're... They haven't been spread to the other nations. They go through that after, after King Josiah and they're carried away when the southern tribes are carried away to captivity. The northern tribes have gone off to Babylon way before that. They've gone back and forth. They, they've been carried off and they've been brought back in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra when they rebuild the wall in 40 days or whatever it is. So he's, but he's saying you'll be... Uh, gathered again from all the nations. I think that's a prophetic word for what happens in, uh, in the dispersion after Jerusalem is, is brought down in 70 AD and they're spread literally all across the world. They're carried, they go, just go everywhere. Um, and then they're brought back after World War II, after they're almost wiped out. They're brought back. But, that, but that's what it's talking about. The Lord God, your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you. We know that happened. And from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. He'll prosper you. And they possess it right now. And nobody ever, I mean... A hundred years ago, nobody had any idea that would happen. In 1923, nobody had any idea that anything like that could happen. But he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. Your heart. God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. So, it, this is... The Old Testament, right? We're in Deuteronomy. We're not in the New Testament when it when it talks all that about when Paul is talking about the circumcision 
was supposed to, it's an outward indication. All the washing, all the right foods that we eat, all that stuff is an outward representation of something that was supposed to happen inside. All of the weird rules that we have in, uh, in Leviticus and Numbers, all of those rules was to demonstrate holiness. It was to demonstrate how awesome God was and that, we, and that we're obedient to these things outwardly, but it was supposed to represent an inward. And so, so when it talks about the circumcision of their hearts, that's, that's what, that was supposed to be true of almost everything that they did. But they got hung up on all, and we've, we, can, we can do that even as Christians. We can get hung up on the, um, just on the activity, on the, going through ordinances and things like that, and not have anything happen on the inside, which is the important place for it to happen. Verse 7, also the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you who persecuted you, which that's happened in the modern history with Israel, with all of the Arab countries around them, that the curses will be on the enemies, and you will again obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command you today. Remember, he's reminding them that before they go in, so they don't, they don't get sidetracked. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand. You can look at it. You can look on a Google Earth a satellite view of Israel, and it stands out in a strange way because it's green in the middle of the desert. Everything else is a desert. God is still blessing them. Um, your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. The Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. And if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the and I think Moses is holding it, and nobody's, maybe they've never even seen it before, but he's holding this book of the law that he's written over these 40 years, which are written in this book of the law. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, for this commandment which I command you today is not, it's not too mysterious for you. It's not, it's not, it's not I, I like to talk about the Easter Island, which is off of the, it's off the west coast of South America an island out in the middle of nowhere and they made those moai, the statues that are all looking out to the sea. Those are a sad thing because those they are pretty sure that those tribes were trying to please some God that they thought would come and deliver them. And it, it, he says, it's not too mysterious. This commandment I'm talking about, it's not too mysterious. It's not far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. They've been talking about this for 40 years. They've been getting ready. And he said, it's not, it's not far off. It's not something you have to guess about it. See, I've set before you today. This is a big one. I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. 
But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which, which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. It's a, it's a two-question test. It's a pop quiz. Two questions. You got life and death. You got blessing and cursing. See, it's a pretty easy test. And even tells us what the right thing is. <laughs> the right choice is choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey His voice. And that you may cling to Him. For He is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. That's what we're talking about in Israel today. Okay, so this is right before Moses dies, and he doesn't get to go in. God lets him go up on the mountain and see across the Jordan into the promised land, and that's all he gets. And, and the reason he did that was because he... He didn't lead the people better to do the right thing. Uh, and he, he didn't prevent the rebellion, I guess. But so he gets to look over there and then he's gathered, it says he's gathered to his fathers, which is the, he died and he- Satan tried to steal him. Yeah. So then Joshua becomes the leader and they go over into the promised land. Uh, they, they actually fight a lot of battles on the eastern side of the Jordan before they go in. And then some of the, a, a handful of the tribes part and parts of other tribes said, uh, you know, we kind of like this land. Why don't we just keep this? Joshua said, we can do that. You can do that. But they weren't wanting to get out of trying to have to fight anymore. But that was the stipulation they were to help with the battles. That's right. They he, they didn't they didn't get off easy. He said, "Yes, you you can do that. We'll divide up this land later for you guys, but you still have to go over into land and fight for the rest of the land because that's what the promise is." And so they did that. And at the end of all the battles, they they go. Um, they go back to the land on the east side of the Jordan. Bad choice. Uh, what? Bad choice. Why is that a bad choice? They were too far away from Jerusalem. and yeah, they, yeah, they didn't keep it. Yeah. It, it was the first land that they were going to lose. Uh, the half-tribe of Ephraim and... Um, Manasseh. And Manasseh. Okay, the half-tribe of Manasseh. Uh, uh, Sor... Okay. Wait, I got sidetracked there. Okay. So they go into the promised land, they fight. But all along the way, they still keep messing up. Jericho falls absolutely miraculously. They don't even have to fight for it. But then they go, the next battle is, do you know what the next battle is? Artificial intelligence, AI. What? AI. Oh, artificial intelligence, AI. The next battle is at AI, and they weren't supposed to take anything from the battle. And Achan, uh, the leader of one of the tribes, takes gold, and he, yeah, that was also a bad choice. 
Uh, and they figured it out because they go to the next battle and they lose it. And then you go, what's wrong? And they they start asking questions, okay? Uh, and separates God separates people out and Achan's family is left and they, uh, yeah, it doesn't work out too good for them. Well, they lost it for two reasons. The what? They lost it for two reasons. They lost it for one because there was sin in the camp, but the biggest reason is because they didn't pray about it before they went. Uh, they would have prayed about it. They would have known would've not known. to go. Yeah. yeah. That's what King David was such a man after God's heart. Because he didn't, no matter what situation he was in, he always prayed, should I go? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. And God told him and gave him signs of yeah. whether he should go. If, if this happens... You, you don't go. And if that the other thing happens, then you go, I'll be with you. That presumption will get you every time. <laughs> yeah. The, the Spirit of God was in the tabernacle and inhabited the tabernacle. And that's how they, how they, uh, how they interacted with God, with an agent, which was Moses. And then later... <laughs> And Aaron, and then later on, the sons of Aaron. We're so, not lucky, we're so blessed. blessed. We are so blessed that we've, we've got Jesus on the inside of us. And he is our, he is our high priest. Uh, we don't need anything else. I'm glad that I am not in a religion where I have to have somebody else. Y'all don't need me as a high priest. We uh, we have Jesus, the great high priest, uh, that accomplishes everything he's supposed to accomplish. Unlike the priest for all those hundreds of years that offered sacrifices, how many times? Continually, continually, over and over, year after year, same <clears throat> sacrifices, over and over and over. The description of what it was like when those sacrifices are offered was, it's horrible. It turned the whole place into a great big mess over and over. But Jesus, our high priest, offers a sacrifice once for all. Once for all. One time. Now we got outside help on the inside. That's my new saying, outside help on the inside. Yeah, that's good. Inside man. <laughs> um, so when we think about what's going on with Israel, man, we need to pray for them to come back to God, to recognize that where their deliverance is coming from. Uh, I heard some of uh, Christians that have uh, friends over in Israel, and they tell them, you know, well, we don't believe like you believe. That during this war they're calling them to pray. <laughs> so there's got to be something they got they see in them, their Christian people, that they're wanting them to pray. Yeah, absolutely, and Jews in America are the same way. They recognize the validity, and I don't understand why they keep on being Jews. If they, I don't understand why they don't come to Jesus because they recognize the supremacy. They recognize it now. Yeah. Um, I heard one of the Jewish, uh, a commentator that's Jewish, but he was explaining all about, 
he was explaining to this woman what it meant to have Jesus as the as the great high priest. It was just very interesting to hear him because he's more knowledgeable than a lot of Christians are. But just like we had our 9-11 and how it brought our whole nation back to the Lord for a while. while. It's always for a while. It it happens with Israel right here. Mm -hmm. One generation passes and then the next one or, or... Worshiping at the Asherah poles and the, up in the hillside shrines and all that kind of stuff. Actually, literally, not not watching too much football instead of going to church or something like that. They were actually wor- worshiping other gods. Yeah. Uh, and some of that happens because of what happens in Joshua when they don't get rid of all the people in the land like God's plan was for them so that they'd be insulated from all that junk. Well, they wasn't aware of what was going to take place. They wasn't ready. You, you mean this yes. present day? Yes. They wasn't right. ready for the, what happened. And our borders are open very much to yes. Syrian men are coming into our borders. Yeah. And it may be too little too late for some of the things that they're trying to do. You know, building the 20 miles of wall. But I don't want to get started at that. The The... Israel has had their 9-11 just like us. Now with us, we had Democrats and Republicans all standing on the the steps of the Capitol singing God Bless America. And I think they they meant it. They they really did want God to bless America and whatever we were going to have to do to defend ourselves from those terrorist attacks. They really did believe that. Well, it's been said that and people in Israel have said, this is their 9-11. And I pray to God that it's their 9-11, that, that it has the same impact on them and that they will come back to the Lord, that they'll sing God bless Israel on the steps of the Senate or whatever, Synod, whatever that thing Knesset. is called. Knesset. Knesset. Knesset, thank you. I haven't studied that in a while. I pray that that... That, that really is their 9-11 and it's an opportunity for them to come back to the Lord and that they don't have to take 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to get it right. Well, as soon as they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Jesus will be here. He told them that. You'll not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's well, something to pray for. Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. All right. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Father, we do pray for Israel and that that they come back to you, that they remember that 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 you are their God and they are your people. The most important thing for them to remember, that they would remember that. Um, I pray for us all to, to one and all and individually to recognize that we are, um, we are your people. You've adopted us into 
your family, but in a whole different way, because we're the firstborn. Uh, we follow Jesus, firstborn among many brethren. We're those. We're that family, and so I pray that we recognize that, and that um, that that would be first thing on our mind. Um, Father, as we leave this place this evening, may the inheritance that we have that's greater than the um, than the promised land that Israel has because we have what Paul says in Hebrews, we've received the peace that we were supposed to have. We've, re- we've got the rest that was promised to Israel that they've never had. And I pray that we would live in that all the time and the, the security, the assurance that we have that you would take care of us. We pray for, for Emory right now, for Jeff and Christy, for all that provision. We pray for that to happen right now, that when she goes um, to, to Children's Hospital, that the right diagnosis would come, uh, that the encouragement would come as a result of that, and she has the treatment that she needs for all that, those things to happen and to fall into place. Pray for your blessing on, on her and her family through all of that, for the peace that passes understanding to be on them and on us as we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So be.